This is David Rosen from the Piecing It Together podcast, just saying congratulations to JC and Lady One on fixing a hundred movies. You know what you guys are never going to have to fix, though, is the Screen Fix podcast, because you can't fix perfect. And cut! I can't believe they're making me do this. I'm not sleeping with Anna. She's just my palindrome. <laughs> Sorry. It's not. Oh, boy. That's not even funny. Oh. I wasn't ready for no. that level of dad joke. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, w- welcome to Screen Fix. I am host JC. With me, as always, is the co-host that carries the show, Lady Wan. Say hi to everybody. Hello. All right, and with us today, super special guest, Colby Mack from Colby told me, why don't you say hi to everybody and tell everybody a little bit about you and uh, what you have going on. Yo, 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 what up? It's your boy, Kobe <laughs> Mack, and I'm finally, yeah. finally on the Screen Fix <laughs> podcast. Yeah! <Frattered>. <laughs> yo, how you guys doing? So excited. Great. So I mean, you know excited. What? I, I try to make sure that every guest spot that I hop on, I make it a memorable one. We definitely need uh, the audience boost, so thanks. <laughs> Thank you for... <laughs> Thanks for bringing it. Okay. So, yeah, this week on Screen Fix, we will be fixing a Christopher Nolan. He said he's been working on this for over 20 years. So I guess everything else is just like an offshoot time idea that he's had while working on this. Is that That seems weird. This (laughs) This is the man that probably has like 12 just, you know, marble composition notebooks. That he's just been taking notes for 20 years. He's the type of guy that's probably staying up to 3 o'clock in the morning to go on like in those deep YouTube dives. And like trying to. Oh like, that's him. Um, yo, shout outs to his wife for allowing him the time to do this. Oh my God. I mean, this movie does have the logic of somebody who is up very late at night, perhaps uh, <laughs> taking some, uh, hitting his uh, medically legal. Uh, medically legal substances and mm-hmm. uh, coming up with these scenarios and then uh, waking up in the morning and not really remembering the details that well, but <laughs> but still telling the story. Yeah, so this one, this project probably more Nolan-y than them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ultimate Nolan film. Mm-hmm. This one is Tenet. We all believe we've run into the burning building, but until we feel that heat, we can never know. You do. You chose to die instead of giving up your colleagues. That test you passed, not everybody does. Welcome to the afterlife. To do what I do, I need some idea of the threat we face. As I understand it, we're trying to prevent World War III. Nuclear holocaust? No. Something worse. All I have for you is a word. Tell it. It'll open the right doors. Some of the wrong ones, too. I have to start looking at the world in a new way. Don't try to understand it. 
feel it. It'll happen here. Hasn't happened yet. So, Tenant uh, was written and directed by Christopher Nolan, of course, with his confusing plots and cold English ways. <laughs> and nice suits. Oh, and some handsome very gentlemen. crisp suits and well, handsome Taylor, gentlemen. I have no problem yeah. with any of these things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so this one, I think, uh, was hugely uh, anticipated, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they moved it three times during the COVID-19 pandemic. How is everybody doing, by the way, with the pandemic? Coronavirus! We're here, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't You ain't I don't got me know. yet. <laughs> yeah. Here in Rather Atlanta, Purell. We, we've been, like, we've been in and out of different phases. And, like, I'm in a very red state. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> COVID schmovid. <laughs> Movie theaters open up. <laughs> restaurants come out. Mm-hmm. No, it was great. Yo, shout out to my AMC for making me feel safe. You know, um, one, yeah. they had their own wipes, so you can wipe down your yes. own seat, which is really oh, great. Personal you know, wipes. I, let me tell you something. I'm addicted. I want this to stay around. Masks are staying around. I want to make sure that we have Purell stations and hand sanitizers. Like, mm-hmm. like, in, in our vicinity, like every 10 feet. Like, that's always yes, great. Please. I just love all the different ones. Some that are really it's thin, funny. some that are real thick. <laughs> man, let me tell you something. Go to Target. And whatever their brand of Purell that they use there, it's probably the best smelling one. Like it's 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 truly like blissful going into that store <laughs> and sanitizing up. Like I want, like you know what I like to do because I love how it feels. I like to get it right up underneath my nostrils. Like I, don't you love that little burning sensation? I do. Whoa! Wow, you have a lot of feelings. <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> I like it. I feel like things should change after this. I know you said last episode, Lady One, that you enjoyed the new space, the spacing. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. yeah. So no. So so no one can just creep next to you. I and... love that no one is allowed to sit next to me. I love that booking a seat alone means I have three seats. Like yeah. that's nice, right? <laughs> yeah. It's the best. Like I literally stretched out over the seat next to me after I sanitized both of them. There you like, go. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. I also feel like uh, <laughs> providing wipes might also encourage some bad behavior from the people in the back. Oh, you know what? I just thought about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thought about participating in that activity or about <laughs> wow? Okay, yeah, maybe we shouldn't give everyone wipes. You know? um... <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Um, yes, Tenant. You know, uh, New Mutants did come out last week, and I feel like that was the like dipping the toe in the water. Tenant was probably the first majorly anticipated, quote unquote blockbuster uh, tentpole theater yeah. to be released since the pandemic. Were you looking forward to Tenet? Colby? Oh, yeah. I mean, so I guess I'll appeal to the film bro in me that like <laughs> oh. Christopher Nolan is one of my favorite directors because he operates on the wavelength of how I like to watch movies. Big, spectacle, have some heart, you know, maybe be like a little thin on like old, like he operates great on the macro and yeah. I like that. Like I get that. So he speaks my movie language. And when I heard about Tenet like a couple years ago, like after Dunkirk, he's going to do this Tenet thing. And I had no idea what Tenet I had no idea what Tenet was about probably till like two weeks before Tenet came out because I was really trying to stay. Like I didn't want to be spoiled yeah. by anything. And then like then when I'm watching Tenet, I was like, oh, I know exactly what this movie's about. Yet I don't know what this movie's about, but I do. So I was super excited. Um, COVID was not going to stop me. If I had to like go on the Amazon and get a hazmat suit, I was going to be there <laughs> in Dolby hashtag Kobe does Dolby. And 
<laughs> man, it was it, it was it, it was phenomenal. It definitely the expectations that I had were met. Wow, Lady One, were you anticipating Tenet, and did you know about it, or did you think it was about Doctor Who actor David Tennant? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was really, really excited to see this one. I actually did not watch the trailer when it came out. Like, I was like, no, I'm not doing this. And then I saw it in IMAX before, like, some random movie for this podcast. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I hadn't seen the trailer till now. So I I held off on reading anything about it. I didn't want to know anything. I just wanted to let the confusion just hit me in the theater. (laughs) And it did. And I literally saw it left went to mcdonald's went back and saw it again because i was like i need help <laughs> i just need more armed with nuggets <laughs> like i took a nugget break and then immediately <laughs> returned to the theater and yeah were you excited to see tenet jc sure <laughs> no <laughs> listen i'm not a big nolan guy and i'll tell oh, you why crazy First of all, I'm bad at figuring out twists and turns in in movies. Yeah. So I just get annoyed. Like, I just get, <laughs> like if it has too many twists and turns, and I don't think I I'm like them. I don't think I'm a like not an intelligent guy. <laughs> I was a teacher at, at one point in my life. You know, I, <laughs> I have my college degree. Why, why don't I understand these twists and turns in movies? I think I just hate it. I just like a straightforward, linear adventure movie with heroes and villains. I don't feel like you liked Knives Out. When we saw it, you were like, what's happening? And I was like, well, it's obvious that he, like, what? What do you mean what's happening? It's so clear. I don't know like, what's going on. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know why that happened to me. Uh, it's okay. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Colby Mac, you like puzzle boxes to figure out as soon as i see the puzzle i just want to take a nap like i I see the puzzle laid out before me and i'm like uh so what happened to me in this one is (laughs) i was like okay i'm following i'm following i'm following am i still oh no i don't think i am oh checked out brain staring drool food (laughs) plane crash yes and then i'm like yes so, so our time travel movies your bag. They are until they start being like the paradox of the going back mm. and setting up a thing. I'm like, just can't oh. think about it. Just go back in time once and go on an adventure and no. come back, please. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I have to have triple time loops and and, and don't touch yourself or else you blow up? As the great Tom Hardy says in Inception, <laughs> "You've got to dream bigger, darling." <laughs> yeah. I, so anyway, I don't know. It, it makes me probably a terrible film person. I, I don't, nah. I don't know the podcast. It's name, okay that it's right. you like Aquaman and not Christopher Nolan movies. <laughs> 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 that is like my eternal burn on JC. Is I hate we've Aquaman already, and we've he We've already loves been it. through this, and I believe last week's guest said they also like Aquaman. So let me step in the tilty machine from the movie. It's called a turnstile. Let me step into the turnstile from the movie mm-hmm. and go back. I <laughs> I didn't really look forward to this movie that much. Did you look backwards at it? <laughs> you, can't, you can't set me up like that. I see what you did. When I see a Christopher <laughs> Nolan preview, I'm like, 
All right. There you go. It's going to be so a muddled sound, and I'm not going to really know what's going on, and it's going to be kind of dour to look at, and everyone's going to love it on Reddit. I'm just not into it. I'm not in. It's okay. I'm sorry. Okay. It's okay. But don't insult that he's colorblind. That's rude. He can't help that. <laughs> Is he really? Is that why his yeah. movie's ugly oh, as that's shit? Why they're, <laughs> that's why they're always like bluish gray. He's colorblind. Oh, wow. Yeah, but why can't somebody like? <laughs> I don't think his cinematographer is colorblind, but why don't why doesn't his which is very funny because in in the movie they actually like denote inversion from forward with the red and the blue. Yeah, I actually thought about that because I I'm pretty sure he's red green colorblind, and so I just oh so kind he's of, just seeing green and so he sees he sees blue, <laughs> but the red looks kind of like a weird grayish. But, You're explaining but, me dynamics of like colorblindness that I've never known of. So like, oh, wow. it's like ten percent of dudes. Wow, really? but it's it's really common. Wow. I mean, I can't even imagine not like operating that in that level. I mean, one, yeah. I have just perfect vision. Um, <laughs> so it's like I just what? can't comprehend it. Like, <laughs> but all right, yo, shout out to like this amazing director who's colorblind. Yes, that's why Ooh. all his movies are so bluish. He Man. can see that. Yeah. Is Zack Snyder colorblind too? That I don't know what his excuse is. Sheesh. <laughs> so, so that is my feeling on Tenet. Let's talk about who is in this thing. It stars John David Washington as the protagonist. First of all, I just want to talk about that really quick. Is he the heir apparent to Denzel? Do you think he'll reach the level of star power? What are your thoughts on John David Washington? I'll let you go first, uh, Lady Wan, because your thighs are already quivering. <laughs> I, I like him a lot. He's so charming and disarming and just like, oh, my God, he's, he's, he's great. So I don't know that he'll ever become like Denzel because, one, I don't really think movies really work that way anymore like the rock is the rock but he's out there like hustling on instagram and like doing all this Mm -hmm. stuff that like back when denzel was denzel you didn't have to do you were just like a fucking movie star and i don't really Mm -hmm. think it works that way anymore and i also think that growing up with your dad being like that that you probably don't want to right you're probably just like oh i'll just make good movies but no i thought he was awesome and i so i went into it knowing that he was just the protagonist and like didn't have a name and i was like that sounds stupid and then every time he said it i was like yes you are like it was just, <laughs> oh <yes."> no <laughs> like, of he, my dreams he just so weirdly i had a dream about robert pattinson before this movie what kind of dreams i don't want to talk like too much about it Oh. <laughs> this okay. is the first Robert Pattinson movie I've ever seen, by the way. I've never seen him in anything. Oh my gosh. I don't think he's usually this like Charming. British. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's always using an accent that's not British. Yeah. Yeah, ex- except in Harry Potter. He said even in this one that like he did like a Christopher Hitchens accent. He was like I can't use my accent cuz that's lazy. Like I have to do one. So we like put one yeah. on mm-hmm. and I don't yes. know. I thought he was great. I really liked him. Yeah, he was definitely more debonair in this role. Um, yeah. And I think, like, with, like for JDW, yeah. so, like, obviously, as the black man on this podcast, right, <laughs> knowing all things black culture and black actors, um, yeah. who was Denzel before Denzel, right? Like, mm-hmm. just, you know, if you talk about the iconography Sydney Poitier. of just saying, but, but even, like, so Sidney Poitier, right, there was a level of dignity and reverence that was given to him that wasn't lustful when you said his name. Like Denzel has made black women quiver just with the, (laughs) like the speaking of his name. Like, yo, Mm -hmm. that's Denzel. 
you know? So I feel like Denzel made all races quiver. I, oh, see, that's the thing. Like, he was All races and genders quivered. Yeah, like... <laughs> at just his name. I'm a LeBron guy, right? But I respect the gangster and the goatness, you know, before LeBron, yeah. that was MJ, right? Because yeah. essentially, like, they never seen that before. And Denzel was able to do something in the 80s and the 90s where he was able to just cross and be accepted universes everybody right you know i mean just all of his roles and jdw there's nothing that i can see that he's done that's telling me that he's going to ever elevate to that i will say that he's yeah. scratching at some things with this performance that i'm like i can kind of see it right like for anybody that had any doubts that 007 could be black watch tenet yes oh, yeah. this is oh yeah. my god this is christopher nolan's yes you know turn at a spy movie right totally. yeah and I mean, he is charming. He's suave. He's funny. I did not think that there was going to be room for as much comedy inside of this performance in this movie. Mm -hmm. And JDW sold it. And let me tell you something. I love a good physical performance. And you forget yes. that before this man was an actor, he was a professional athlete, a professional mm -hmm. football player. Yeah. 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 Ooh, I actually have in my notes from watching the movie... Because I did take some... <laughs> I, I warned you. <laughs> a lady one saw before I did, and I did take notes during this movie. I made sure that I did not sit in the front. I sat in the back, and my phone was open the entire time. And one of my notes, actually, is I love the way John David Washington looks when he fights. It's savage, yet there's something composed and cool about it. It's when he walks away, bro. Mm -hmm. Yes, when and he the way walks he away, walks away with like, that swagger. What the... F <laughs> I was getting, my legs were quivering. I'm like, yes, oh, yes. I was getting warm. I was getting very warm watching him fight. He could protect me from, from life's dangers. <laughs> All right, so we've talked a little bit about Robert Pattinson. Yeah, he's a debonair. He's Neil. Elizabeth Debicki. What did you all think about her other than the fact that she has a good six inches on John David Washington? <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I, like, she is just, like, she's cut from a different cloth, man. She's cut from all the cloths. Like, there's no, <laughs> she's not, she's not cut from it. She is the cloth. She like. is, man. Um, she's definitely, like, she's a, she's a marvel to look at. And yeah. I remember, like, hearing the casting about her and just everything that she's been in, she's, she's so striking of a presence. Like, that's uh -huh. just unfortunate. Yeah. I don't want to say even unfortunate. It's just, like, it's hard to deny that, like, that's just what you gravitate towards. But then she's yeah. also, like, a really, really great performer. Fantastic actress. I could not stand Widows, but she was the best part of that movie. I was just about to say Widows. Yeah, she's fantastic in Widows. For, for what she was asked to do in this role, I think that she did her job more than well. Yeah, I think she's, she's fantastic. What are, what are your thoughts on Elizabeth Debicki, Lady Wan? I thought she was great. You know, she's just gorgeous to the point where you kind of don't really question why like he just likes her immediately <laughs> um, <you're just laughs> right like, well all right i get it <laughs> she has a, a lot of crying and a lot of screaming to do and um she did that really well <laughs> yeah. yeah she did the crying well yeah, yeah. dimple uh, kapadia was priya the arms trafficker famous bollywood actress uh martin donovan was victor the cia boss fiona Dorif is wheeler leader of the blue team yuri kola kolkanov is the henchman guy that keeps showing up uh, Himesh Patel from yeah. yesterday hey. is Mahir. <laughs> My gosh. Yeah, so he was just kind of like a part of the crew. This American accent came out of nowhere. It was like super mm -hmm. cool. He does it better than me. Like, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clements uh, Poesy was Laura. So that's the scientist in the beginning and that gives us uh, the, the exposition dump. 
and uh, <laughs> Aaron Taylor Johnson comes in in the movie out of nowhere about halfway through. And knows everything. All right. And then, of course, uh, last two, we've got uh, Kenneth Branagh as Andre Sater, the Russian uh, oligarch guy who so can communicate with the future. <laughs> right. I, didn't, I did not know that was him, bro. I didn't yeah. either. After, like, I literally watched the freaking Death on the Nile trailer before this, and yeah. I'm like, that's a weird movie for to be advertising before this. Like, who's seeing both of those? Like, me, <laughs> obviously. It's like but Kenneth then I'm like, oh, fans right, are the same both. guy <laughs> in both of them. Like, truly did yeah. not know. He's like, such a he's such a unique character actor. The fact that you can go, yeah. from, fuck you, <laughs> to then being like this Russian, just like dirt bag who's talking about <laughs> hanging balls through someone's neck like. balls through necks yeah yeah which is weird like i understand putting balls in the mouth because that's like symbolic yeah. like take this tea bag but like uh oh, but okay. like cu- cutting a neck and putting balls in it that's really weird Man. right he's like he's like, and then he's like very explicit like i want you to be alive to know that this is happening, <laughs> and I'm like, so he's very experienced with it, and yeah, as he for sure as he that. demonstrates with like his just you know like just his bruteness like with that gold brick, he looks like he's capable of doing it. So yeah, mm. uh, I would actually be fine with that. I I just be like, okay, shove him in my throat. Just don't put him in my mouth. <laughs> you know, like I'd. Be like, Oh my god! No one else feels that. Okay. Uh, and then our last person, uh, Michael Caine, shows up in this for s- some reason. I guess because it's a Nolan Christopher movie. Nolan. Yeah. Nolan, you got to have Michael Caine in it somewhere. Yes. I think he also knows everything. I've been looking at the videos and stuff, and apparently he already knows the end of the story, and he's in there to like set it along. Who can never be sure? I don't know. God. <laughs> <laughs> Redditors and their insane theories and their. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it seems like I had to like stay away because I feel like every time that I would get on Reddit, I'd find myself in some type of like sub conversation that would just lead to porn. So I don't know. If it was... <laughs> I think it's just I had bad luck with Reddit. Yeah. I, don't, I don't quite understand. Yeah, it. yeah, it led you there. It just yeah, happens. yeah. Like, you like, didn't click anything. I was you typing like tenant, 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 and then like yeah. somehow like my fingers are titties, titties, titties. No, 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 no. You're like tenant, 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 tentacle porn. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. So that is who is in this movie. Uh, and the title is, of course, A Palindrome, which reads the same backwards and forwards. And there's a bunch of stuff uh, about that that we can try to figure out. So, uh, Are you doing this in like a Jeff Goldblum voice? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, <laughs> I don't know what I started doing there. I'm actually happened. glad that you called me out on it because who knows how long I would have went down that yeah. really bizarre voice I mean, it just hole. makes sense. Like, just the fact that, like, okay, if you are led to go down the proper, you know, avenues of Tenet to, like, and, and Reddit to, like, really try to, like, understand the different things in this movie, and you're talking about, yeah. like, Sator Square, I'm like, yo, that's, like, Dude. the dopest yes. thing. Like, who it was so cool. Like, it is so cool. And then you start putting all the things together, and you're like, yes. what? It's crazy. All right. No, I did the same thing when I saw it. I literally screenshot it, and I was I was talking to you, JC, and I'm like, I yeah. can't send this to him yet. He hasn't seen it. But opera, yeah, a yeah, rainbow? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Okay. I lost my shit. All right, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the tenant palindrome. So I don't actually know what it means. No, no, no. I have no idea what it means. I just know it no. looks really cool. Yeah. There's this thing called the Seder Square. Yes. 
and it's made up of five words, Seder, Arepo, Tenet, Opera, and Rotas, and you can read the square in four directions, and it says the same thing. So it's a four-directional palindrome, and also the words in the first and fifth lines are the same, just inverted. Same for the words in the second and fourth, and the word in the third and central line is itself a palindrome, and it is Tenet. And these Seder squares have been found all over Europe. Apparently nobody's exactly sure what they are for. Some have said that they were a way to secretly have some kind of symbol of Christianity. Some people say, no, they've been found earlier than that. They can't be that. Nobody's sure what these things are, but they're found all over Europe. Of course, in the movie, the title of the movie is Tenet. Our Kenneth Branagh's character is named Seder. Arepo is the last name of the Spanish art forger who copies the Goya paintings. And uh, the first scene in the movie, of course, takes place in an opera house. There's a sequence in the movie where the guards work for Rotas Security, the ones that try to protect the Freeport. So it's cool, and I don't know why. All the words are in there. So I'm sitting here like, oh, this means that. And this, ah, my bread. First of all, should we care? Who cares? It's so cool. All right, hold on. <laughs> Colby Mac, you like puzzles. Is all of this stuff worth it to you? Do you care about this? I care in the sense of like the feeling of something like cool happening to me. And it sucks. I, yeah. really, I really wish I could use a more sophisticated <laughs> word than cool. Uh-huh. Like it's such like this cool thing. Like the time that it would take to apply the understanding to it will hurt yeah. my brain. And <laughs> I don't want to invest that time into it. But that very yeah. surface level cool feeling of yeah. like, yo, that's <gasps> cool. Uh-huh. Like in like a more cerebral sense, but like a yeah. base level cerebral sense. Remember that first time when you watched that RIP to Joe Schumacher, the number 23 with Jim Carrey? And you're just I like, didn't watch it. everything <laughs> denotes to the number 23 and it's like the symbol of the Antichrist. And I'm like, what? Like I'm over here. I'm counting the letters <laughs> in like my pictures on my wall. And I'm like, well, if I take A and that means one and T means, you know, 21. And then if I take the yeah. 21 and divided by one, that's 22. And I'm one person reading it. That's number 23. <laughs> ah! That's like the feeling that you get when you start finding all the about the number 23. Like, there you go. <laughs> okay. I'll shift this over to Lady Wan. Does all this stuff add to the movie to you or does it take away totally adds to the movie as soon as i read that little piece of trivia from imdb yeah. i screenshotted it i was like i literally wow. don't know anybody else who's seen this movie yet i had to wait until today to send it to you i just wow. got like super pumped about it i love little clues and easter eggs and all that stuff it makes a movie more fun for me and i know exactly what you're talking about colby like that feeling and it like happens in so many christopher nolan movies as they're starting to reveal something it's like the first start of it where you're like oh shit that's what's happening and it's the coolest feeling and there's not a better word for it it's just really cool you get like all like tingly in your brain yeah. and you're like I figure something out like, don't I know what it means out my yet seat, but... Like, yo, yo, yo. And I had to like control myself because I, I wasn't in Whoa. the house <laughs> yeah I, just, I, get, I get super excited when I figure stuff out yeah but now with you know COVID you have all the extra room that's very space. true like, I'm flailing my arms and like I'm being like super like I got like yeah. the, oh, I get that extra space. Like that's great. You're only spilling your own popcorn. And, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I understand that. I feel like that's a perfectly acceptable and, and awesome feeling to have. I think the problem that I have with some of these, you know, movies, he's playing with time, but do I think he's really adding to this story or is he just like creatively masturbating? And that's 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 where I just get to be like, okay, I'm not. It's not masturbating if we enjoyed it that much too. (laughs) 
Well, then it's mute. Well, yeah. Then it's you sitting in a corner in a chair going, yes, finish. Uh, like, if I'm that excited too, it's fine. They have yes. the most sanitized wipes, baby. Yes, here. They give wipes now. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, so it looks like we have a lot of feelings about this. <laughs> not expecting it to go in this direction so, by the way <laughs> i want to know from you lady one what do other people think about this are they sitting in the chair in the corner <laughs> why don't you get... <laughs> why don't you give us the fresh hot stats <laughs> fresh and hot sounds bad now it's okay <laughs> All right, go ahead. Okay, <clears throat> I'm warm. I'm very hot. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, they're, they're hot for Nolan. All right, uh, go ahead. Okay. Okay, uh, Tenet mm. is 74% fresh with an mm. audience score of 78%. Oh, so just okay. for audience comparison's sake, Inception is certified 87% fresh, Ooh. Interstellar is 72% fresh, and Dunkirk Yeesh. is 92% fresh. You know, we're like in the middle there. There is sort of like a weird caveat for the percentage fresh okay. is that the movie hasn't opened basically in New York and LA. So all of those critics who think they know more than critics who can see it anywhere else haven't gotten yeah. to weigh in yet. And so they're all <laughs> real mad about that score because they're like, well, that's not necessarily accurate because we haven't seen it yet. Ew. So <clears throat> that's a caveat on the number there. As far as the movie cost, though, it was $205 million to make, Oof. which is one of Christopher Nolan's most expensive movies ever. And it's in the top 40 of most expensive movies of all time. And it is the highest budgeted movie ever based on entirely fresh IP other than Avatar. Avatar is the only other movie that is not based on a comic book, part of a franchise, wow. a Star Wars movie, like again, like all these built in wow. audiences. Yeah. So it's Avatar and then it's Tenet. And then everything else in that list is guaranteed money i mean the movie looked expensive they're just like hmm how do we make a distraction crash a plane <laughs> like or they're just or there's just like that one scene where they're on like sailboats and i think the sailboat scene is like 30 seconds i'm like they spend money on that yeah, yeah. like how much money was and spent i gotta be honest on with this you. does it add anything to the overall plot no no, <laughs> no. he's just no. like Look Spending money. Yes. It's truly just a James Bond flex. That's what it was. Yeah. One, I didn't know that boats flew. Like, and okay, I guess right? those are real boats. Like, I'm. And the fact that JDW just like knew, like his character would, the protagonist would just like, yo, yes. yo, I'm about to sail, and y'all didn't even realize that I had this ability. And like, I didn't know that <laughs> sailing involved like bicycling, but with your hands. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ah! there's and, like, nothing that's like and leisureful. Everything. I don't know if that's a word. No. <laughs> Leisureful. Yes. He showed up in his linen shirt, like ready to mess around on a boat, as he said. Yeah. And then they're like, no, no, you have to like work really hard. You have to be tethered to this thing. We're going at like 60 miles an hour on the water. Like, yeah. again, James And Bond then you flies. have to switch sides. <laughs> yeah. That looked awful. That looked yeah. like some kind of CrossFit shit I wouldn't want to be doing. Oh, man. Like, 
It did not look yeah, relaxing yeah. at all. I do have to say, though, as expensive as this movie was, yeah. all of the scenes where they're supposed to be on Sator's yacht in Vietnam, they weren't actually in Vietnam. They were off the Amalfi Coast because wow. Chris Christopher Nolan thought it was going to be too expensive to get that yacht to Southeast Asia because oh. that is like a really like insane yacht that he's on. So the movie... <laughs> proposes that they go on this crazy expensive vacation but the movie itself where they buy and crash a plane uh, is like no we can't sail that thing to vietnam are you serious you know how much that would cost so yeah two two oh five just on production they say it's probably closer to like 400 million dollars with marketing and uh it opened to about 20 million in the u.s because coronavirus not a lot of theaters are open and it made like another 132 million overseas it actually opened overseas earlier than it did in the U.S. Mm. But in about a week of theatrical run, it's up to about 150 million. So that's not bad for, um, you know, COVID, a like, pandemic. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no New York, no LA, right. yep. no competition for another like two and a half, like essentially for another three weekends until we get yeah. uh, Wonder Woman. And yeah. obviously Nolan was very adamant that he wanted this film to come out now, not yeah. later. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, think about it. at the beginning of the lockdown, Universal and the Fast 9 franchise, they did a concert to announce that their tickets are going on sale for a movie that was going to be coming out a month afterwards and said, yo, yeah. we're going to scrap this movie for a <laughs> yeah. whole another year, year, right? Yeah. And I mean, that's definitely bold. And I think that mm. like, I think that Chris Nolan is one of those guys that when he is in a project, like he just wants mm. like, I need to move on to the next thing. So I'm not going to sit here and put my life wrapped up into this one film. He Like he's got, he's got to dig in those marble composition notebooks. Like I got to move on to my next thing. I just want to lose it. You know, so I, think, I need to get this shit out the way he does like, you know like that's him yeah. he just has a page it's like time ideas <laughs> <laughs> he's literally scratched off like six of them yeah he's just working his yeah. way through all of first it. one he's like memento scratch like it's the first one yes. it's like it's made in crayon. He's all young. Okay. Right, <laughs> Dream, time, inversion. Time is love. Love is the time. Oh. <laughs> yep. uh, Lady One, did you want to tell your story about the couple in front of you? <laughs> I did, yeah. So when I was waiting for this movie to start, like waiting for the trailers, because I got there early. Uh -huh. Like Even though I know it's still 22 minutes of trailers, I got there early. Yeah. I wanted to watch the weird ads for stuff before the trailers. Yeah, those those things that are just like, here's a TV show that you're never going to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Coming soon to some to channel TBS. you don't watch. Yeah. <laughs> Coming soon to TBS. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like to get my news from Maria Menounos, and there that's where I find her. Yeah. <laughs> so sitting in there, like, it's quiet. Like, there's no sound in the theater. It's just me and this other couple. And, um, you know, she's like, she's talking to him about the movie, and she's like, you know, just... Just so you know, like Christopher Nolan, he does just all practical effects. Like there's Ooh. no CGI, none of that. Like in The Dark Knight, okay. when he blew up a hospital, he really blew up a hospital. So like, there's some serious film people. You need to get ready for this. Like it's gonna blow your mind. Like, cause that's how he does it. And the guy just sits there and he just waits and he's like, cool. So how did he bend that city in Inception? And she's just like, shut up. <laughs> that was their first and last date. <laughs> He was wow. also the guy, though, who, after every trailer, like, gave his review of it, was just like, nah, like, yelling it out at the Ugh. screen, and I'm just like, oh, great man, God. Guy, guy, I did not miss you during COVID. Ugh, pass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, he waits for the quiet part to, like, declare yes. to the theater what his opinion is. So, before we do this, I'm going to give a very quick plot summary here brought to us by Movie Pooper. <laughs> Movie Pooper 
where they wipe away the excess. Here's the one pinch summary. The protagonist learns from Sater's wife, Cat, that due to Sater being sick from terminal cancer, he plans to use a yet unknown device to reverse the entropy of the planet, which would reverse the climate change problem, but in turn also completely wipe out humanity by eliminating all chain of ancestry from the beginning. With help of his handler, Neil, the protagonist follows Sater back in time to a moment when Sater was at his happiest with Cat, which is when he plans to set off the device upon killing himself. They storm the secret room located in an abandoned Soviet complex where the device is contained. While a satyr henchman attacks them and what seems to be a corpse with a red string reacts, takes the bullet and disappears through the tunnel in which they came, thus allowing them to capture the device. At the same time, Cat gets to Sater and kills him to prevent him from setting his plan in motion by committing suicide. When finishing the mission, the protagonist notices a red string on Neil's backpack. On Neil's favorite lucky backpack. <laughs> which means Neil was the same man who took the bullet for them while recovering the doomsday device. And at the beginning of the movie, during the siege in Kiev, the protagonist actually recruited Neil in the far future before they all time-traveled recurrently through the past as part of their mission. He parts ways with Neil and further goes back in time. In London, he protects Kat from arms dealer Priya and hints that he'd be the future leader of the tenant organization where everything would start. That's tenant. That summary is so much more fucking confusing than the movie. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Like that made me get the movie less. Like that actually hurt my comprehension of the right. movie. Well, here we go. Now I'm gonna read it backwards. <laughs> Traps do it. Ging unique organized tenant of the deal. I have to say though, there's that one part in the movie where like they're talking backwards. Like it happens mostly with the part with Sater when he's got Cat hostage. Yeah. And so I was reading that like Nolan actually made them speak backwards. Like, really? yeah, that's yeah, he, not yeah. like, do you know how furious I would be as an actor where I'm like, Missy Elliott did it. Just reverse it. Like, why do <laughs> I have to <laughs> learn how to speak backwards? If I'm Kenneth Branagh, I have to speak backwards with a crazy Russian accent. You can't just play the tape back. Like, isn't that wild? Practical effects. Ugh, it's insane to me. And that like he shot so many of those fight scenes like forwards and backwards, but like literally made them do it backwards, too. I told you he's a madman. He is. Just jizzing on us all <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got a process and i remember watching yeah. that scene and i'm like okay one i don't want to say that there were sound issues right yes. there wasn't yeah. sound issues i just That's know all the of sound his i know that whatever he's doing i think it's done on purpose right so i'm gonna like roll yeah. with that it's gotta yeah. be at this point but yeah. i'm like i'm trying so hard to listen but i'm like okay I get that at this point, as we're watching this inverted person on the other side of this glass, I'm not meant to hear this sound right now because ultimately right. when we go on the other yeah, side, we'll get it. then yeah. we get the whole we'll thing. We'll see like, it. Yeah. So that was a part of it. So I, did, I like, but I will say watching it in Dolby, it was an intense experience. And I think just maybe because like the theaters just hadn't been used in so long, like everything yeah. was that much more amplified. I felt like the movie theater was trying to penetrate me. Um, <laughs> so like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> The movie was like someone that's been in like a cold spell. <laughs> He's like, haven't been laid in a long I time. Dolby was shaking just, the dust off. Like, yeah, like, you know, when, when you said hashtag Colby does Dolby, did you mean to? <laughs> Maybe Dolby does Colby. <laughs> Maybe Dolby does Colby. <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Wait a minute. I got non-buttered popcorn. Um, <laughs> that was gross. That was really gross. Sorry. Um, I don't know what's wrong with me today. This is disgusting. Today? 
is not different. Okay, yeah, so. All right, that was the summary. (laughs) That was the summary. So here we go. So now we are going to fix this movie, but we do know that a lot of people work on a movie. Thousands of people work on a movie. We got to give them their due. Just give me one thing, one thing that you liked about Tenet. Go ahead, Kobe Mac. Just the emotional kind of hit you in the face that I get when I see the protagonist well up in tears being confronted with the realization that this person he's built this connection with over the span of two weeks going forwards and backwards through time is a man that he's only beginning his journey and this man on the other side knows for a fact that he is going into a future in which that his future is going to end it hit me like a ton of bricks and like thank god that there was wipes to wipe my tears because <laughs> these are multi-purpose wipes they are multi-purpose wow. and like just like i mentioned earlier uh, Nolan operates so well for me on the macro and sometimes can miss some of those important parts on the micro. I won't say that like I can always connect to a, like the characters in an emotional way throughout his films, but that moment sold me that this man is capable of it and he got it. And I'm glad that at least that I got that because that honestly mm-hmm. was able to wash away so many other sins that this film may have committed for me. Like I was just in it, sold. And, and honestly, it set up this entire world of possible franchise opportunities that I just wanted to live in. Like, Take me. Like, I want to fast forward to the future. Invert my ass forward. So that way I can be able to get this. I want the movie where Denzel Washington is future John David Washington as a protagonist. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, my God. Are you okay? Oh, my Sorry. God. Woo. Oh. Yeah. Man, I felt the Dolby. <laughs> <I'm out. laughs> okay, so that's oh, one good. thing you really liked. Lady Wan, what's one thing you liked about this movie? First, I have to agree wholeheartedly. Like, when his voice, like, cracks a little, like, we've been friends for years. I'm like, oh, oh." like, I was so emotional. It was perfection. So I loved a lot about this movie. But I was prepared for this one particular part to, like, pick one thing to single out. It's almost like you do this weekly. (laughs) Weekly. Uh, (laughs) Bi-weekly. On, on you know, with, with some cadence. Yes. The thing I picked that I really, really liked about this movie is I think something is that is going to be overlooked in the long term when you have this movie that has like the crazy opening opera heist a plane crash the convoy the backwards protagonist on protagonist fight so what I want to talk about that I really liked is the protagonist just fucking kicking ass in that restaurant kitchen it was so just brutal and badass the way he just like fucking throws all the plates at that guy and he just hits him with a cheese grater like oh my god it was so right. cool, even though it's literally just a man in a kitchen beating people up. And, like, that's still something I think about, even though they crash a 747 in this movie. But I'm like, yeah, but remember when he hit him with a cheese grater? Like, <laughs> like it yeah. was so good. Yeah. He's amazing in that. He really is. As it. a short man, it does nothing but make me filled with glee <laughs> as, a, as an actor <laughs> to say, that can one day be me. He's not six foot, guys, okay? Uh-uh. He is a small in stature man. If the internet says you're 5'9", you're 5'8". <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Like everybody that was around, like I love like when he was like they're they're picking cat up to like take her away and like all right, there's these seven guys who just don't have guns. Whatever. <laughs> and it's like we're gonna take you out of this place to the kitchen and we're gonna handle you here. It's such a sloppy fight, right? Yeah. He doesn't take a single plate like how James Bob would. I'm gonna take this yeah. one plate and take it. Right. No, no. I'm gonna take a stack of plates that are probably like you know 18 pounds. Like when you really yeah. think about those, like in that restaurant, right? <laughs> yeah. Just take yeah. them, and I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna take one like take them and put it on you. No, no. I'm going to smush them at your face. Yes. And I'm so good. 
best movie prop of 2020. This cheese <laughs> like the straight cheese. to the <laughs> best. And, I'm gonna call it now. Yo, I mean, and then the <laughs> fact that he does it and walks away in the most yes. bad. Like I've never. Yes. Uh-huh. So much. What his father does so much swagger. Franchise. Like I'm like this guy. Goodness gracious. Woo. So good. I will watch him in Love anything it. from now on. I, I, oh my god, I love that scene. I was just like giddy watching it. The second time, yeah. I'm like, I know what he's gonna do. Yeah, it's it was gonna good. be great. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's bad. I mean, scenes like that are so good, right? When when we have like character we love that is surrounded by baddies, and you're like, oh, he's gonna beat all these dudes up. Yeah. You know, in this movie, the first time, you don't know that he's gonna do that because he's just been so like calm. And That's measured. also why it's just like satisfying to watch yeah. him do it. You're like, oh, I didn't know he had that. Well, first yeah. he's gotta make a joke about hot sauce, and then he's gonna <laughs> kick all the Russians' ass. Yes, it was so yeah. good. He has so many good lines in this movie. Like, he literally has all the good lines. He does. <laughs> it's really good. He's the protagonist. Oh in God. order to do my job, I need to get a sense of the threat that we're like. Honestly, that's a line that on its face when I heard in the trailer, I was like. Ooh, it's kind of cringy, yeah. and it somehow worked. Like it's it's so it. odd. Ugh. He's great. He's so fantastic. JC, what did you like about Tenet? I liked what I like from a lot of Nolan, which is just like that he's unafraid to say, "Fuck it, the diversion's gonna be running a plane into this building." <laughs> I love movies that are willing to go there because that's what I'm paying for when I go to see a movie. Is I want to see something that is off the wall gonna blow my mind and uh, that's stuff that I got like I did get weird backwards car chases and I got airplanes <laughs> crashing into stuff and I got talented Mr. Ripley boat races and I liked it yeah. a plus spectacle and it does make you feel better though to that snotty woman's point in the theater you do appreciate <laughs> the fact that you're probably looking at a lot of practical effects and it makes it better it really yeah, does it absolutely does it takes your breath yes. away in a way that watching like the rock hold a helicopter on a chain just doesn't no, exactly you're like none of this is none happening. of it is and you know and <laughs> like, as cool as it looks cgi effects look sometimes there's always something in the back of your brain that's saying none of this is real that's why mission impossible is so good too because yeah you know tom cruise is dangling from that fucking helicopter <laughs> you know what i mean like, yeah, yeah ex- it's crazy exactly it makes a yeah. difference so i for, really liked that but all the nicety bullshit out of the way it is time to fix <gasps> this movie and you guys really liked it so i know this is going to be really hard for you but let's go ahead we'll manage let's let <laughs> let's let our guests go first Hello. colby mack from colby told me what is your first fix first fix for christopher nolan's tenet it should be pretty obvious that for a lot of folks digesting films about time mm-hmm. requires a certain leash that is going to be hard to swallow because it is theoretical in nature. Mm-hmm. And as the great Paul Rudd said at his turn inside of Avengers Endgame, <laughs> so it's Back to the Future 2 bullshit? Yep. <laughs> it essentially is. Yeah. And if you can run with that, you can do well. However, yes. the machinations of time in most films, for me, as long as the characters in those movies believe it, I'm with you. For a lot of gotcha. folks... They don't always give the same grace. So my first fix is to say, yo, let's do something by simplifying the machinations of this concept of time that we're using in this film. You're speaking my language. So (laughs) Tenet, as best as it's explained as the film, essentially the inversion that was discovered was this Oppenheimer-esque future scientist accidentally discovers how to invert time and the entropy and all that other jazz, right? And 
for some insane cockamamie spy movie idiot stuff she says i'm not gonna just stop what i'm gonna do i'm gonna send this device back in time um, and break it into nine pieces just nine though the whole crux is pretty much right um, <laughs> really is a video game plot it yeah, definitely right? is yeah. what's the white dude's name that's like explains what tenet is to um to the protagonist in the in the film michael kane um, i forget his name oh. no, the other no the guy on the he, boat he literally was on the boat he was in the movie for like just that one oh. scene He's in the movie as much as he's in the trailer. Yes. <laughs> like, I thought he was going to be, like, in the movie. Yeah, no, like, he, I wonder yeah. if that, like, there's, I mean, there's probably, like, some, like, other stuff that he did or whatever. Yeah. But, like, I thought that Tenet was going to be, like, do you remember, like, the Adjustment Bureau? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, there's yeah. this secret hidden, like, other yeah. world of doors. And because he says it so, like, distinctly, like, Tenet and the, yes. and the, and the finger yeah. things. I'm going yeah. to figure you. Oh, oh God. <laughs> I thought it was just going to be utilized so much more, and it wasn't. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what I would be proposing to fix this film is to make Tenet, instead of an organization, make Tenet um, essentially future technology that allows a single person to invert the entropy on like a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. You know, So that way, it's something that's a little bit digestible for the audience so they can feel connected and don't feel so disjointed from something they don't completely understand. Because if I just say, hey, here's a bullet that was sent from the future – it can be able to go backwards in time and leave it at that, you've accepted it. Instead of yeah. saying, hey, not only does it have to go backwards in time, right, but you have to have dropped it to put it there, and then I've got to go the extra step to be able to explain to you to like, well, don't think about it, just feel it, and that yeah. wink, mm-hmm. that's a tough sell. Yeah. So yeah. let's just make the tenant future tech that allows these good guys and bad guys from the future sending it to the past for the good guys and bad guys of the past to be able to use whenever it sees fit oh yeah like they're planted there for the future people to be like give me this yes makes more sense i like that fix let me see you just want everything to be simplified so that you I want everything to be super <laughs> simplified so you can sit back and be like airplane blow up. <laughs> I still I still understand like but instead I'm like airplane go up, gold fall down, gold f- gold fly up in his hand. <laughs> How do you exchange that gold at the bank? Bank teller just imagine it's sucking up into your hand. Yeah, that's not that's not suspicious at all. Yeah, yeah, do that. Like, just think about that like wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How's he exchanging that? I don't know. <laughs> but but if I had this future, like, you know, I watch that said, hey, watch this. Ding. <laughs> Yo, that's really cool. <laughs> that's super cool. That is yeah. really cool. Well, the bank teller's like, uh, I, I can't pick this up. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to do with this. Uh, <laughs> don't overthink it. Just feel it. <laughs> Lady Wan, what is your next fix? My next fix is similar in that I, I just need a little bit more clarity on the logic you're presenting me in this movie. So they explain the turnstile. There's an unknown number of turnstiles in the world during this movie. It seems like there's only one and then like, oh, but there's another one. Oh, but, you know, there's another one. And I guess we have like, where was that one that was like the mass produced turnstile that they were just running tons of soldiers through like where was that one i don't know there's a lot of turnstiles who's mass producing these future turnstiles (laughs) there's at least three of them right (laughs) there's a lot there's one in oslo there's one in estonia there's one in stalsk 12 one at his stepmom's house there's a lot (laughs) so the turnstile is one thing. Like I under, I'm accepting the logic of the turnstile that that it inverts you, and so you 
one of you comes out of it, the other one comes out the other side, like one's going forward, one's going backwards. Fine. You've got me that far. But here's the part where I got lost is you can use it to like go back in time, like join the past earlier. Like that's what the protagonist does to join the convoy in the other silver car that crashes. There's no change in machinery. He's still just at the turnstile. They go through and there's no explanation other than put your oxygen mask on. This is some cowboy shit and that's it. But they don't tell me how he got out earlier. Mm. So there's no time circuits a la the DeLorean. There's no setting your watch like in Endgame to choose a particular time destination. He just puts his mask on and then the door opens in the shipping container and he just gets in the car. And it just knows that that's where he wants to go. Yes, yeah. exactly, right? We give no time or effort into that explanation. So for me, I was like, huh, what? How did that happen? So I need you to fix that for me. And it's super simple. All you need to do is tell me that going backwards through the turnstile is setting you back. So if you need to get back to the start of the convoy, which started an hour ago, you have to go in that container for an hour and you can't come out until that much time has gone backwards. That's all you need to do. Just set a timer, man. They've all got those watches at the end. Like, tell me what it is. And maybe it's a shorter period of time that we're dealing with so that there's some urgency. And, and that's why the explanation is rushed from that one soldier telling him like, well, you got to put this on. Stuff is going to feel weird. I don't have time to tell you because you have to get in there now because the clock is ticking. Otherwise, you'll go back too far and you'll not be able to join the convoy at the right point. Just give me a clock. Like it's it's so obvious how you can explain what's happening there. And they just they just skip right over it. Yeah. yeah. Give me a dial. Something to just turn. Give me a knob. Yes. Like <laughs> yes. Instead, he just puts on an oxygen mask and the door opens and he's just like, OK, we're back yeah, in the video like, game. Here's a car. Like <laughs> that's what it felt like. Like you just started the level over. I'm like, wait, how, though? Was anyone equally like as lost? Like, I thought probably up until the third act of the film. That um, so Sator was communicating with the people from the future. No, that's just his fucking Fitbit because he's trying to track <laughs> himself because he's gonna die. And I'm like, yes. oh, I thought it was some future technology that he's getting like these little text messages like, yo, just the the good guys are closing in. No, 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 no. no. my heart rate's up because I just beat this dude in the neck with a gold brick <laughs> with a gold. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> JC. Yeah. What's your first fix? All right, so I understand that Neil, that was emotional. There's a little cracky crack of the voice. There was a little tear. But I thought that was really sold by John David Washington and not really sold by the movie. John David Washington, yeah, I mean, he's known this guy. You know, I don't know why he would feel that emotionally attached to him, especially since he's like trying to choke him at one point. Like, why do you know everything and all this kind of <laughs> stuff? There hasn't been a good heart to heart between those two. They're going to have them, you know, in yeah. the future, which is why he gets a little cracky crack and a little tear. So cute, right? It's very cute, you know what I mean. And that's and I think that was Nolan going, "Oh my God, the knock on my movies is they're kind of cold, clinical. They're just British." They're just very, very British and a, a little bit gray, <laughs> but it's not his fault. No. The man can't see. Rods and cones. Rod. 
<laughs> his rods and cones are not, not as fault. they should be. So I was trying to just up the emotional stakes. So I figured at the very beginning when they're trying to explain this stuff to him, he's like, I don't, I don't understand this stuff. What the heck are you talking about? And he's like, you got to do it for the world. And he's like, whatever, saving the world. That sounds so goofy. And he's like, well, what if, you know, do this for your son? And he's like, what son? And it's the son that he has yet to have way in the future. What? Hold on. So <laughs> remember that part. So the Russian guy tells him, did you sleep with my wife yet? Because he communicates with the future. He knows that this guy's unborn son is him and his wife's after he's dead. Mm. Whoa. Right. And it's that connection. And also, that's also why John David Washington keeps coming back to save them over and over whenever uh, Elizabeth Debicki's character leaves him a message on the phone for posterity. That's him coming back to constantly be saving his uh, baby mama and his little and his little tyke. I like that. You know what else I like about that? is it kind of balances out how he gets through saying like like acknowledging that like it's fucked up that he's going to end the world even though his son is in the world because yeah. it kind of, it goes with his character of like oh yeah well if my ex-wife is going to have a son with someone else that kid can't have a world oh, like cuz he knows it too yeah. That's why he's so mad, exactly. That's why he's so angry Russian. Like if I can't have it nobody can have it but what he really means is this dude cannot have it, and I know yeah. that he does get it, and he's mad, and he wants yeah. to end it. It oh, works. Shit. I'm sure there's some Redditor out there that's going to be like, well, because of the time continuum of the <laughs> version. I don't know, but anyway. Maybe you shouldn't make them sound like that. I was <laughs> We want them to listen to Oh, the that's show. right. Uh, please, Fixing Movies Reddit, we are your podcast. Yeah, please uh, stop being mean to me, Fixing okay. Movies Reddit. Yeah, also, stop yelling at Lady One, you dicks. I'm just trying to be nice. They don't like me. I'll tell you this, they're a lot nicer on the side of Reddit than I'm on. The tentacle porn side. <laughs> Colby Mac, what is your second fix? Man, so like I was a little torn on this one because because you love this movie. I really do. And it's so good. I want to focus on like a couple of like central things. And I didn't know how much that this forged painting. Yeah. When it comes to the painting world, that's yeah, I am. That's that's not me. So having any type of in, like investment into that and how this is playing into Kat's character, it was yeah. hard for me to buy that she felt trapped because of this forgery and i'm like mm. right you guys are millionaires y'all, y'all can just like you know like do that white people thing like it just goes away like you know, so, <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah so like my fix is to completely remove the element that was trying to pull you know the protagonist into helping her like there just should have been something yeah. else like mm-hmm. just not that painting like it was no. very convoluted it was give me, it's give very me, very like weird. a her brother is like under the thumb of sator and like yeah, I need to stay with him in order to keep my family alive. Not yeah. like, oh, I need to stay with him because I don't want my reputation to be ruined. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they crash a plane into that place so he can go and get the painting. What? What? <laughs> like that's insane! Like, yeah. <laughs> like, how about just he's super rich and could probably kill me and make me disappear. 
Yeah. That's probably enough. Yes. Yeah, he doesn't like seem like a reasonable guy who's just mad about the one thing. Like, he's clearly an insane person. <laughs> like, and, leave and yet, me and I'll and, tell people about the painting. And aside from the painting, yeah. it's like, we're also kind of to believe that they were in a good place where she loved him. But like, oh, I saw this chick jump yes. off the boat and I knew that he didn't love me. Did you not think he didn't love you? Because like, he literally said that like, because of this painting, I'm going to like rule over you. Like, yeah. Ah, so hard sell. Yeah. Scrap yeah. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, how did she, how did she not notice her nine foot self falling off of the, of, <laughs> off of a boat? Like, hey, what's that statue falling off the boat? <laughs> yeah, who else is not? Who? <laughs> oh my gosh. A nine foot tall blonde just fell off of that boat. I wonder who that could be. Maybe she just thought he had a type. <laughs> I mean, hey. <laughs> Alright. Lady One, what yeah. is your second fix for what are we watching? Tenet. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I'm losing my brain. I don't know what the heck's going on. I watched this movie twice in one night and then the next day I watched I'm thinking about ending things. So oh. I don't believe in time anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard nothing but weird things about that movie. Dude. I can't imagine how you processed it all. Ah, I'm not sure I did. I might still be watching it like on my couch. Like maybe I'm still there watching this movie on Netflix. I truly don't know. All right. I do have a fix for Tenet though. This has to do with Cat. So during the convoy, Andre's got Cat in the car at gunpoint (laughs) to try and get the protagonist to throw that piece of the algorithm at him. Then he does it, bails on the car with a henchman and like, ducks out to leave her i guess whether or not he thinks she's gonna crash and burn and die or this is a good distraction to keep them from following me either way he's an unhinged bad guy that makes sense for him to do however (laughs) she's the tallest woman on earth and (laughs) her legs are free (laughs) they're not cuffed her hands are cuffed behind her back but her legs are free yeah and she's free back there She's just screaming and flailing, as one would be, I imagine, in an unmanned vehicle, (laughs) but throws her legs over the front to unlock from the driver's side part of the door all of the locks on the door (laughs) and then wiggles back to like unlock and open the passenger side door in the back seat so that the protagonist can jump from a moving vehicle into her car and rescue her. Now, like, if you can unlock the front lock, why can't you just throw those long, beautiful legs over the front seat and just hoist yourself up there and slam on the brakes yourself? Like, come on. Yes. And that seemed like it bugged me a little bit the first time I saw it. But that I knew that had to be my fix the second time I saw this movie, because the things that are happening to Kat before and after her screaming and flailing in the car are before she gets thrown on the ground, spit on and kicked and like brutally attacked in a scene that was so just like sad and dark that like they cut it by nine seconds in the UK because it was just too long and graphically violent of just a man kicking a woman. So they cut that scene down in the UK. Then after he leaves her to presumably die, the next thing he does is he gets her back and then he shoots her. Like it is that scene of her being a helpless cartoon style screaming lady victim is sandwiched by scenes of her being just brutally attacked. And I just would have liked it if in that scene she is trying to save herself instead of just screaming at the protagonist and Neil in the car next door. Like they still I'm still on board with them trying to help her and like Mm -hmm. trying to save her. But she can throw herself into the car and slam on the brakes and the protagonist can still make it in there. And then she slams on the brakes and they're in the car and they take off. Fine. 
But I didn't need her to be so overwhelmingly helpless, surrounded by other scenes where she's just being brutalized. It just it didn't need to happen that way. True. Yeah. Yeah, that was a tough one to be able to, like, swallow. Because, like, one, uh, she's only handcuffed. And granted, maybe she's, like, she's from a life of privilege. She's like, I'm not used to being in such close quarters. I mean, obviously, I'm 10 feet tall. I like stretch limos. This oh is like yeah. just unfamiliar. But I've done a lot of things in cars of that size, and I have a lot of freedom to be able to like wiggle around and do some other oh. things. But she just didn't know. Like, And I, I chalked that up to just like the lack of experience. Yeah. She's so big, she probably didn't even need to hoist herself to the front. Yeah. Like, who is more likely to be able to reach the brake from being in the backseat of the car? The tallest woman on earth, Elizabeth Debicki, or John David Washington? <laughs> Like, who's reaching that brake that pedal first? Like, come on. And he reached in and, like, touched it with his fingers. Like, I'm one like, finger. I don't think brakes work like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Not at all. Bro, we're both the same height. My feet barely touch the brakes. So there's no way this guy's finger is going to touch that brake, okay? <laughs> JC. Yes. Do you have a second fix for ten? Let me see here. Let me see if I. I hope you do because I'm getting hot. All right, I do. Here we go. Well, that's that's because of that Nolan. All right, here we go. Where's the wipes when you need them? <laughs> oh, no. All right, so we now know that Leonardo DiCaprio got to Nolan during the making of Inception, got to him about climate change. He's got him on some Greenpeace like, email list. Got him on board with the climate change big time. I understand climate change is a big problem. I believe that it's real, all that stuff. But to put that like current political hot button issue in the movie, I was like, global warming is making them mad. This is my problem with it. If you have the technology to be able to invert time, you don't have the technology to be able to fix a little bit of the climate. Like you haven't figured that out. All all I know is is that if you have the power to be sending people backwards through reality, you Mm -hmm. probably can clean up some water. Probably fine. It's like, ugh. Like, I just didn't like that that issue. I I felt like a cop out. Right. It was like a real cop out. Like, oh, what's a big issue today? Oh, climate change. Like, I'm surprised there wasn't, like, a cameo from, from Greta Thunberg, but like you sound so old and grumpy right I <laughs> that Greta girl that she's so Greta mad girl. about the environment like oh my god I JC. like Greta listen JC, I'm are not you 100 years old I believe in climate change I think Greta's great I do <laughs> but I did not want that as the as the driving force in this like spy action movie what would you want instead so I thought of some ideas Ooh. And I have a couple, and I'm wondering if you would like to pick the one that you like the best. Here we go. Number one, okay. future people seem like they're doing something good, like stopping climate change. Oh. But really, they're kidnapping past people for labor, because in oh. the future, the population is too small. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> it's like some children of men okay. shit. They're running out of babies. Past people create an energy source, and that energy source somehow gains the attention of an alien race. That is evolutionarily and technologically superior, and it arrives to kill them in the future. So they go back to the past to stop them from creating that energy source that seems to be a good thing. Like Skynet. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. And another one is just a despot is born somewhere, but they don't know where. And they're using this climate change as a guise, but really they're there to murder someone. I like the murder one. (laughs) I like the the murder one. Yeah. If you're trying to talk about the differences between like the grandfather paradox and stuff like that, it's like, well, if you go back and murder that person, like how does, where are the ripples in time? I feel like culturally what we've accepted in time travel movies, that logically makes the most sense cinematically Mm -hmm. to us. That we can digest yes. it, right? Like, oh, you're going back in time to kill someone. And it's up to our protagonist to find out who it is that you're going to kill and to thwart yeah. that. Yeah. And then to find out that who it is that they're trying to kill is Max. <gasps> yes. Cat's oh, shit. son. Oh, my God. And what God. the protagonist doesn't know is that Max is really. Yes. <laughs> Max is Neil. Yes. All along. Yes. Because you know what Max is short for. Maximilian, and if you take the last four letters in the Ilian and invert that, it's Neil! Sold. Oh my god, I think the show's over. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Wow, well, shit. I think I'm feeling like I need a wipe after that. Okay, well, I think without further ado, (laughs) we should consider this film... Screen fixed. Okay. <laughs> All right. Do you have a final thought for Tenet, Kobe Mac? Yo, Christopher Nolan rocks it out. Just delivers this impressively audacious, just cinematic spectacle that is the must-watch movie of the year. It's unlike many movies that I've seen before, while still sporting a lot of the same conventions. This is the most Nolan movie. Yeah. I've ever seen. I respect it. I respect folks that are turned off by it. I think it's undeniable how much that he believes in mm-hmm. this. And for that, yo, I commend you. It's a stunning movie. Regardless of however you feel about it, I advocate people to go see it. Be safe and be responsible with your health and those around you. Like I said, um, I choose to focus more on the plot. And I get that it should be more in regards to the characters. I think there's certain permissions from the audience that like should just be given and some directors just kind of got it like Mm -hmm. that. I will say that the audio, it leaves a little bit to be inspired into how it all works out. But ultimately, this is a movie that should be experienced and watching it Mm -hmm. more and more is going to have you like really, really appreciate it. The performances were great. The score is really, really good. Like, I don't get geeked up for scores too, too much. This is a great score. And I think the Tenet will go down as one of the most like, superior, super spy-fi, superhero heist action movies of all time. Yeah. Wow. Bold words. Colby and Dolby. All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Juan, what is your final thought? So I, I also really enjoyed this movie. It was truly a cinematic experience. That being said... <laughs> the final battle when we've got our red team and our blue team at Stalsk 12. Yeah. Who the fuck are they fighting? Who is manning this abandoned Russian city? <laughs> I, dude, okay. I had no idea what was going on. I see on. the red team. I see the blue team. I can see very little of who the fuck Somebody's they are. Somebody's shooting at them. So, and they're yes. like in kind of white-ish fatigues. But like, who yeah. are they? Because this is an abandoned city in the middle of Siberia. Who is, who is that? And it's just, it's never addressed. They're just like, all right, we're going to break it down. This is what we're going to do. And I'm like, but who are they fighting? Who? Yeah, <laughs> like, I, who is that? <laughs> but, but, but that's this movie is that you're just like, I don't know, but they're blowing them up. They blow up a building 
and then it comes back together, and then they blow it up a different way. Yep. Oh, like, I don't even care who they're fighting. Because I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that he knows. I don't think Nolan thought about who that is. It's fine. Still loved it. <laughs> uh, JC, do you have a final thought on Tenet? Yeah, the movie where I always felt like I had just come back from the bathroom and missed a scene. But Oh, I was going to say something about the, the soundtrack. So you said you uh, love the score, Colby uh, Mack. You know, of mm-hmm. course, Nolan's frequent collaborator is Hans Zimmer. But he couldn't do this one because he was scoring Dune. So the task fell to Ludwig Göransson. So actually every musician mm-hmm. that worked on the soundtrack was in their own home. Yeah, everybody recorded remotely and he yeah. put it all together and he mixed it all together. It's so good. He does That's he so does cool. stuff. Like I don't, I don't know how old John Williams and Hans Zimmer are. They've been scoring everything my entire life. So I'm glad we have Ludwig to like take over cuz right? he's killing yes. it. He's so good. So good. Yeah. I thought that was really neat, the way that they did the soundtrack for this one. Okay, why don't you send us home, Lady One? All right, so you can reach us here at the show by sending an email to ScreenFixPod at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ScreenFixPod. You can also see us on Facebook, search for ScreenFixPodcast. You can listen to the show anywhere podcasts are found, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and, of course, Apple Podcasts. We would love it if you would subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Tell a friend about it. Post it on social. If you're listening, tag us. We'll repost you. Tell us you're listening. Tell us you like it. Yeah. Say hi. We'll also have a Patreon. Give us your money. All right. So, um, <laughs> Colby Mack, thank you so much yes. for being on this show. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, guys, thanks so much for having me on. This was, I, I got to be honest with you. I do a lot of guest spots. <laughs> this is by far... One of the most fun that I've had Sweet. Like, ever. <laughs> like, I don't think that I've laughed while doing a spot <laughs> as hard as I have. Like, I need a wipe right now. Like, for real. Like, this did not go at all the way that I thought it would. And I am so thankful for it. Like, oh, my God. This was like a ball. Like, I really hope that you guys will have me back. Yes. This has been incredibly oh fun. Uh, for those listening to me that may not know your boy, you can follow me on all the socials at Kobe Told Me on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, when I'm in the mood to write, you can check out my website at ColbyToldMe.com and listen to my podcast, the Kobe Told Me Podcast. 30 minutes or less of time with your boy where I get to amplify my movie reviews. So when they tell you where you heard it from, you tell them Kobe Told Me. Yeah. All right. We Love will it. 100% have, have you back. Yes. I enjoyed it just as much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. You've, you've been awesome. I'm going to play a game. Oh, no. Uh, let's say one of the cast members' names backwards and see if the, the other ones can guess who you're talking about. I'll go first. Ready? <laughs> Ichabed Tebezile. Uh, oh, Elizabeth Debeck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Colby, do you got one? Yeah, I got one for you. Okay. I've got Nas Hodge Ralyat Nara. Um. Uh, oh, uh, 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 no, uh, I got it. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson. There you go. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was good. Oh, my God. You guys are so good at this. All right. And uh, everybody tune in. Uh, thank you again, Colby Mack. And thanks, Lady Juan. Tune in next time where we will be talking about uh, <laughs> Bill and Ted Face the Music. All right. Bye, everybody.
right, Chris Scalzer here from the first run with uh, Matt Howell. And according to the, well, no, I mean, Screen Fix is a podcast that you can listen to where a couple of cool people, JC and the Lady Juan, watch movies and then with special guests come up with different ways to fix them. It is a laugh, riot, entertaining, and education. I, I don't know. It's 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 a fun it's a good show. I you can listen to it. There yeah, don't I mean don't think about it too much. I mean if it's so what if the film doesn't need fixing? It's okay. They have ideas. Yeah, and it's a lot of it's good. And you can check it out. They're they're publishing at screenfixpod.com and you know that though. It's good. Yeah. It's fine. Hundred, it's fine. It's fine. hundred episodes. That's that's good. I mean we've we've been on the air for what? What is it, Chris? 519 episodes? Yeah. Well, good for you guys. You know, I mean, 100. I'm not throwing my oh. weight around, but still, it's 100's good. That's good. Yeah. Good for yeah. you guys. Good for Keep you. Keep it up. You're getting there, guys. We appreciate it. Thanks for the love.